Hi, friends, and welcome to the Midwest Mompreneurs Podcast. I am your host, Katherine Snellen, and each week I am going to be sitting down to share honest conversations, real resources, and the tips to help you navigate motherhood and building a business at the same time. Let's be honest, it's not an easy journey when you want to do both, but it is possible. Let's get to it. Hi friends, and welcome back to another Midwest Mompreneurs interview. Today I am chatting with a new friend, Dax of Luxury Brow KC. You have probably seen her work all over Instagram because I think she's done just about every influencer in Kansas City's brows, including my own. And I'm not going to lie, I'm completely obsessed. I love waking up in the morning and not having to fill my brows in and going makeup free as I balance working and mom life and everything in between. But today's interview is more than talking about brows and beauty. I was able to have a really honest conversation with Dax and to discuss how she built a massive beauty company where she was offering many services, she had a full staff, and she realized that it actually wasn't something that she loved, managing people wasn't her passion, and she decided to downsize and streamline her business to go from offering many services with many people to focusing on one thing with just herself. And so I think this is a really empowering and impactful message to mompreneurs that we don't always have to do everything and be everything to everyone. So if you're thinking about downsizing your business, or maybe you've been wanting to start a business where you only offer one service, one offer, I think that this is a great episode for you to listen into. We also dive into just the mompreneur balance as well as how to grow and market your business in a new city. Even though Dax currently lives in Kansas City, she is originally from Panama and is pretty new to the Kansas City scene. So I am excited for you to listen into this episode and let's get to it. Hi, Dax. I'm so excited to be speaking with you today. We recently met in person. I had my brows done by you. And not only did I have a great experience, you know, receiving this service from you, but just having conversations with you and getting to know you as a mompreneur, as someone that has gone through many experiences as a mom, as a business owner. And I just, I feel like your story is so empowering and one that I think we'll connect with so many women. So I'm excited to chat with you and I would love if you could just kind of share your background as a business owner because you have done so many things in the beauty industry and it's evolved. So how did you even decide I'm going to start a business? Well, first, likewise, nice getting to know you and um, how did I get started in my business? Well, I, many, many years ago, um, I got my brows done and instantly I thought, wow, that lady made a lot of money off of me. And that's kind of where the ball started. But I was always struggling with my eyebrows because as a natural redhead, they would just be nothing there. And, um, and I almost felt naked without them. I just wouldn't go outside without putting something on my face. So I just looked into how I could do what she did. And the reason um, I wanted to do permanent makeup was really because I have 
at the time I had two kids, but I have four now. I didn't, it didn't make any sense to me to leave the house, put kids in daycare. A lot of everybody has that experience of how expensive daycare can be, childcare. To leave the house to not make any, just to break even. So um, from there, it, the, the snowball began of, okay, I liked being home with my kids and I like to spend a lot of time with my children, but I also knew that my time away from them needed to be productive and I needed to make the most amount of money in the smallest amount of time. And um, for me, I am driven by money. I just am. It's not an obsession of mine, but I just, um, um, again, I just wanted to make the, the most of my time and make good money in a, in, without um, neglecting my family at the same time. So yeah, that's where I kind of rolled into it. Um, and then from there, I had the experience of being in a partnership for five years, owning a med spa, and then um, another five years owning a med spa on my own. And out in Western Kansas, it was um, a very popular med spa. It was a lot, it, I had a lot of fun. I learned so many things along the way, but we're not from Western Kansas. And I, nor was I passionate about owning a med spa. I just wasn't, I, I got, you know, like I told you, I was just exhausted by having employees. And so I just started to come out to Kansas City and I started working at a friend's studio just to see if I, you know, what, if I could build a business and it, it took off. I mean, I really was busy on the weekends that I would drive. I drove four hours to come in because I just needed to test the waters. And from there, I'm kind of shortening the, the story up because there's, you know, lots of little steps that happen in between to finally move here because my husband and I are both self-employed, but we're back home in essence. The, um, I love KC and I love the women here. Like I, I love what I do. I can't, I, I told you that. I just, I took the best part of my business, the med spa business, and that's what I'm doing minus employees. Yeah. Wow. There's so much we can dig into here, but first of all, Kansas City, you're not from here. You're not from the Midwest. You actually were born and raised in Panama. So like, yes. what attracted you to Kansas City or the Midwest in general? Well, honestly, if you had said the word Midwest to me um, 25 years ago, I would not have even known what that was. I didn't know a lot about the States. I moved to the States when I was 16 from Panama. Most of my family still lives down there. and um, I met at the time, my husband is from here, but I met him in Colorado Springs where I initially moved to. And I did not like the cold at all, at all. They went from a tropical environment to, you know, Colorado weather and culture, which was incredibly foreign to me, but I had lived in the city when I was in Panama. And so I was, when my husband said, or, you know, at the time, a friend, when he said, Kansas city, I just thought, Oh, it's a city. I'm so ready. And so I moved out here and I fell in love almost instantly with Kansas City because the weather is pretty similar and people are super nice here. I mean, just so nice. And I, that, I just knew that this was going to be my home. Even when I moved away, even when I was gone for 16 years, I knew I would be back here and this was going to be where I was going to stay. I, yeah. I fell in love with it. and. Every time I go to work, 
I keep getting reassured again and again daily how much I love the women of Kansas City. I think they are so nice and they're loyal. I appreciate that too. Yeah, that's a Midwestern no. thing for sure. And I think that um, it's something we've talked about is it's so much easier to build a business in the Midwest than people would think. So many people say you have to be on the coast to build a successful business, but you can really create something amazing in the Midwest. So I, I love hearing that from you as someone that is not originally from here. Right. Now tell me, like you were building this this business, this med spa, and you invested so much of your time and energy into it. You built this team. Like when you were in it, did you think that like that was it for you? And how did you kind of shift to say, I actually want to downsize. I actually want to focus on one service versus all of the services. Because I think that it's so easy for us to think that we have to do everything as women. We have to be everything. We have to offer everything to everyone. And I love that you actually said, I need to downsize my life. I need to downsize my services, my business, and to just focus on what I love. So what was that process like for you? It was painful. It was a painful process because um, it involved an incredible amount of stress to downsize. Um, and possibly, I could say I probably let down some people because I just said, I'm done. I'm done with this. Luckily, I was able to sell the business to somebody. But um, I just had come really to a crossroads, not only personally, but professionally, where I was just tired and the stress was not worth it any longer to, I don't know, to impress other people maybe, maybe to even impress myself or try to see how big I could get and how I could grow. And, and I just got to a point where I said, okay, I was getting sidetracked with owning a med spa. My time was getting quite stretched thin, trying to handle four children, a family, and a staff of people. So I just knew when I started to make the push to come to Kansas City that my goal was to simplify. And that is still always, that word is always just at the forefront of my mind. And um, because bigger isn't always better. And, you know, I know you and I talked about both of our experiences with that, that, you know, it, your perspective just shifts. And as I get older, I realize it's, it, I'm not competing with anybody and nobody really cares. I mean, I, I find that the culture in KC for mom entrepreneurs has been so positive and nobody's asked me what's next. Honestly, I'm content. I'm, and so, and for some people that may not be for them, you know, but as I get older, I just want, I want to go to work. I want to do a really good job. And then I want to get home at four o'clock and be with my children. And yeah. I'm, and I'm happy about that. And there's I, so I, much I, less stress. <laughs> yeah. So you, so some people might think like, the key to being a successful entrepreneur is building this massive business, having a team, offering multiple services. And you and I both have gone through this experience where we mm -hmm. did it and we realized that we weren't happy. We were exhausted. And also that we financially weren't making what we expected because when you build, you know, this empire, this business, it, it takes so much more work and energy and it takes more financing. And um, so like, what, what were some of the things how did you one realize 
I just want to focus on brows only. And also, how did you decide to kind of slowly let the other things go? Um, well, I know that I'm good at what I do. So I, I and, and part of it's just maybe maturity too, is that I know what I'm good at. And so instead of me using all this energy on all these other services and building a bunch of people, you know, and having a big team of people, I thought I just had to do it, Catherine, just flat out. I I'm confident in my abilities. And I just said, I don't need all of this noise and these extra wheels turning. Uh, if I'm good at what I do and I'm confident in my ability, I know I can build a really good business on my own. And I don't need all these people under me. And yes, a lot of my income, a lot of what I was making was I was turning around, which is normal. You turn around and you dump it right back in your business. Well, five years later, I just did not see the financial benefit any longer of having this med spa that I was constantly dumping money back into to keep the wheels turning. So it just financially didn't make any more sense to me. It was easy for me to let it go. It was easy because I was drained and I was, I lost, I just lost my mojo. So yeah, I would encourage other women if you, if just like what you did, sometimes you just have to stop. Right. I don't know for you if it was hard or easy. For me, it was easy because I was utterly exhausted. Yeah. Just I think that I think that when you reach the point of burnout and you are no longer excited about the work you're doing, you're dreading it, you're just physically and emotionally exhausted, you have to recognize that something is wrong and something has to change. And right. that is what happened for me. And I also experienced that when I was pregnant. So I felt like I had to make a change in order to bring life into the world. Otherwise I would, um, really create this not so great situation for my child. So anyway, I think that mm -hmm. when you realize that you're on the brink of burnout or when you're in it and you just push through, so many people say fight through, push through it, but sometimes you have to let go. And I think it's just listening to your gut instincts and, um, you know, being okay of not mm -hmm. doing it all and figuring out step-by-step step what you can let go of. And I think, I think one of the biggest things about being a mom and an entrepreneur really is about balance and everybody's different, but you know, you can't, you like, you can't do it all. I mean, I hate to say that you hear people say I can just do it all. And I'm like, something has to give at some point. And for me, it was not my children. I did not want to sacrifice my family for what beauty services it wasn't worth it yeah. and so it you know for me it wasn't hard to let it go i was ready to let it go i was ready for a change but i like change i thrive on change um and it doesn't scare me i like when things are you know there's some energy and some flow in my life and and i'm and i think that's why i like my job i'm always meeting new people i get to meet you i get to meet um, I get to come in contact with so many different stories and I love it. And I love to see so many women with families do really, and, and it doesn't come down to money for, for a lot of people, but just doing some really creative, fun things that are, you know, feeds that side of them, but they can still 
be really awesome moms. And I think we need to encourage each other too. Not, you know, I I have working moms. I'm like, cool. I have moms that stay home. I'm like, that's hard job. That's a really hard job. Absolutely. And I get it. Mm -hmm. So So too, because you um, had your oldest daughter at a younger age and you were building the business with as a mom, like, how did you, did, did that experience change? Was that a part of the reason why you wanted to let go? Because you had worked so hard balancing both for so long? Like, what, how does that dynamic play into it? Well, yeah, you're right. I had a baby at 20 and I don't recommend that for most people, but I was, you know, I was pretty responsible. And so, um, my daughter Gabrielle now is 20 and, um, I spent, I didn't work when she was little, so that wasn't too much of a problem. But then when I had my three boys, it was, it was literally, it was maniacal. It was maniacal to try to have a business, give my employees what they needed, give my family what they needed. So again, it was not a difficult decision because I knew what my priority is, my family and, and, and employees are difficult for me. It was difficult because it was, um, I, it's funny. Cause I really thought that I had the personality to manage people and I don't because I'm kind of like maybe a little old school. I'm like, do or do not do or do not. And I'm not a, I, this sounds so terrible, but I'm not a team player. I'm not a let's like hold hands and sing kumbaya and hug. And, and I, I just, as time went on, I realized I'm like, can we just all work? And then, you know, your, your paycheck is your thanks, but that just wasn't enough. And so I just had to realize this isn't for me because it's enough for me. For me, it's enough just to get a paycheck. I'm good to go and I'm happy. And I've met some awesome people, but a lot of people need coaching constantly along the way and encouragement. And, it just drained me. I couldn't do that. And to, and my kids, I, my hat's off to people who are really good at that. There are yeah. tons of people that are good at that. And I admire that in people. Yeah. I, it is that. something that is hard building a team. And I understand I've built a team. I built a large team. I've built a small team. I've had full-time employees. I've had contractors and it is never easy. And I agree. Like we become entrepreneurs because we have a passion, we have something that we're good at, a skill set that we feel like is unique, and managing other people is not always in our wheelhouse, and it's something we have to learn and figure out as we go, and I love the idea of building a business that doesn't revolve around having a team, because there is a time and a place for a team, and I believe in asking for help, and hiring help, and investing in others to support your dreams hundred percent. But at the same time, if you can do it on your own in a way that serves you, then that's okay too. There's no right or wrong way to be an entrepreneur. I, and I feel satisfied by it. I feel content. And so, um, you know, who knows what next year is going to bring as I'm still building my business. Um, and I'm not opposed to training and hiring somebody, but, um, right now I'm so content, just me in there and I can manage me just fine. Yeah. And easily. So yeah. So you found your, you found your passion in browse. You found your specialty, you hone your skills, you created a brand, you moved to Kansas city 
and you started this business from the ground up. Tell me mm-hmm. like what were some of the keys to your success and getting the the message out that you are here and what you do. So one of my biggest thing has been working with influencers, period. Um, we as women trust all our girlfriends. Like we're, we don't look at ads on Facebook and Instagram for Botox. We call our girlfriends. If we want injectables, we call our girlfriends. I'm that way. You're that way. Like we want to know who our friends, where our friends go. So that's probably been the number one thing that I've done. Second, socialize. I socialize a lot. I get out in the, a lot of people don't realize I've only been here a year. June will be a year, but it seems like I've been here quite a bit longer. A lot of people are like, I see you all over the place. I see you on Instagram. And I make a huge effort to get out and go to openings for events. And um, I invite my clients to join me to go do stuff so that I build a personal relationship with my clients. I, I did that back at my med spa with my clients. And I just realized that was really the key was to have a relationship with people, especially in the city where there's a lot more options. And, um, and I just, you have to build that brand and that loyalty. The loyalty is huge. And Midwestern women are loyal. Once they like you, once they come to see you, they'll keep coming to see you. Even if they have to drive a ways to come, they'll come. Yeah. And that's a key. And I love it. I mean, I, I don't know. Do you feel that way about your business? Like you're seeing loyalty from clients? Yeah. I think everything you said, when I started my business, it was a lot of networking and being present yeah. and, you know, showing up at different places and meeting different people, yeah. all different circles. And, um, because referrals I think are so key, no matter what business, yep. especially if you're a service-based business, since you're the person that's interacting with the client. Um, and yes, influencers are huge. It's something that I do in my work. And I love hearing that from you because it's just you. Um, you don't have a marketing team or anyone else helping you with it. It's just you doing this outreach. So tell us like what has worked. Are you setting the terms? Are you asking the influencers? Like what are some of the tips if a business owner is wanting to make some connections with influencers? I just, I had no idea how to work with influencers. I just seriously started reaching out to people that I saw with a large following. And then what I did was once they came in to see me, I started, I asked them a ton of questions. I mean, I'd just be like, okay, um, I want to reach out to this person. And they started to say, okay, you need to look at their audience. You need to, you know, they may have 25,000 followers, but maybe they're not here in Kansas city. So sometimes don't, look for somebody with the highest number of followers that maybe somebody only has 3000 followers, but they're here in KC. My business has to be people that live in the, in my community and in my city, because I'm not going to get business from somebody in New York. Um, so that I started to look at that. Now I have fault. Now I have influencers contacting me, which is great. But I, one of the biggest things that I do is I, I, make a huge effort to become friends with my influencers. Yeah. And I have not had, and you and I talked about this, I have not had one negative, one negative interaction with an influencer. I always look at it as a positive. Maybe I only get one new client from it, but it's a, to me, that's a win. 
and, um, and, and everybody has a circle. So that's how I look at it. And everybody has influence in their own circle. You may not be an influencer, but you have friends, you go to work, you know? So I always look at those interactions as positive. All, all of them have been, there's always something to learn. And I always get great recommendations and insight and ideas on how to continue to promote my business. So yeah, I love that. And I feel like everyone you partner with is so different. Everyone they are. looks different, needs a different service, and the way they promote your business is different, which I think is key. I think giving some room for flexibility and creativity and how the influencer can share and talk about you naturally, I think that's such a huge thing as someone that works on it from the brand side. Um, I think that a lot of brands want to control the message. They want to control the outcome, and you can't always do that. It has to, be, it has to feel like that referral from a friend, like you said at the beginning. Right. I don't want to control it. I want the influencer to do their job and, and be as natural about it as possible. I'm not, um, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I mean, I have, I have things I want an influencer to do, but I'm not telling them what to say. Um, I want them to talk about their experience because that's all it is. It's just an experience. And um, luckily I haven't had one talk negatively about me, but you know, I, you, you have to prepare yourself for, um, some, some negativity or maybe a review you don't like or something. That's just part of, part of being out in the public. So. Yeah. And it is amazing that you've done all of this in less than a year, because I remember when I found you, I felt like you had been a veteran of Kansas City. You were so integrated in the community and, and attending events and doing all of these great things. And so I would love to kind of hear your tips or what you would recommend to another business owner if they were wanting to start something and they don't feel like they have all these connections. I don't, I didn't, I didn't have any connections. Um, I am, you know, especially if you're a business owner, who's an introvert, I could see how that would be difficult. I'm not introverted. I'm very friendly and down to earth. So, um, I just make a point to, you know, okay. Now that we're talking about it, the biggest thing is I don't ask questions about people, socialize and be curious about other people. That's a big one. Because if people think it's all about you all the time, they're going to lose interest in you. Um, so that's just a kind of a basic of interacting with people in a social environment. I'm always asking, I always even tell my clients, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm just super nosy. And I am, I'm so nosy. I want to know about people and not just on a surface level, because I think a lot of times we'll go, I'll do a lot of these events and it's kind of that cheesy small talk that a lot of people are like, I don't want to go to those because I don't want to talk about just fashion. And I'm like, well, I'm nosy. I'm like, how many kids do you have? I want to know about people's lives past just what you see. I think it's super important. And that builds that trust and that relationship with people. So when you do come in to see me, I can be like, hey, how's your son doing? You just told me he went on a trip or you went on a trip or something, you know, um, get out. Yeah. I've been here only a year, not even a year. So I just tell people with a new business, you need to get out there and you need to, you need to be present. Totally. Yeah. present. Even if you kind of get into your groove and you're super busy, I say still be present and go out there and do socialize and do things. I think it's super important. 
Yeah, that's a great tip too, especially for a service-based business. I mean, any mm-hmm. business, but when you're a service-based business owner, you're exchanging your time for money and you're working with that client directly. And if they already feel like they know you and they can trust you and that yeah. you care about them, then they're going to be more willing to share and be an advocate for your business. So I think but, that's- But truly care, but truly yes. care about them. Don't, don't, be, don't be fake in your caring. Like truly care about somebody. Cause they're yeah. going to see through that. Those some people will see through that truly care that about their lives. Um, and, and that will elevate your business that will elevate it. Yeah. So something that I've done is when I have clients or followers that engage with me frequently, I will then follow them back on social media because I want to see what their lives are like and not just let them into my life, but also feel like they can let me into theirs and trust me enough that I can comment and share and give a tip Agreed. to them as well. And I think that that's something that's helped build some trust within my business as well. So. Agreed. Well, people want to know you're a human being, not just, you know, not just a business owner, but that you have a family and you have kids and, you know, and I'm, and I love, love, love kids. So, I mean, if, if I can do um, become friends with clients that have kids and want to get together. I'm all about that. That's, that's so fun to me. I yeah. love it. So, so tell me like now, now that you're in Kansas city, what's it like for you as a mom? How is your family adapting? Like what are some of the things that you've made shifts as you juggle being a mom and a business owner? It was a little bit of a struggle in the beginning because my kids started a new school um, you know, my oldest son, who's going to be 15, he just wasn't like really connecting with other people. So I have to, I, as the mom have to make an extra effort to put him in situations where he's going to get to socialize. Um, so the younger two, cause I live in a neighborhood where there's a million and one kids are, seem to be fine. Um, they weren't, I was ecstatic and happy as I could be to be back in KC because this is where my husband's family is from. But definitely the kids had a little harder time adjusting because it was all new to them. This isn't home to them. And my daughter's still out in the town that we were, that we lived in. I'm trying to convince her to move back here. So it was a struggle. Um, and so that took a lot of energy too, to get them involved in sports and activities. And, um, so definitely me getting off at a certain time and being able, and that is one of the benefits of being an entrepreneur is I get to juggle and handle my own schedule. And, um, by far that's a, a blessing because I can say, no, I need to go to their, I need to pick them up. I they have activities. I've got to go. So that's wonderful. Yeah. And, but they, they've, they're now that the year has passed, they're kind of like, yeah, we really like it. Cause there's so much more to do for us. I love it. Yeah. And, and Casey's a super family friendly city. If you've been to other cities, which we've talked about, I find Casey for families to be number one. It's, it's amazing here. Yeah. I love that. I'm not leaving, Catherine. You cannot kick me out. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't want you to leave. Do you feel like since your kids are older, I'm curious, do you, have they ever told you, mommy, you work too much or like, what is that relationship like since they're able to see you working and seeing you build this business? I'm curious more because my son is not old enough to communicate with him, with me about that. But I hope that I am inspiring him and showing him that I can work hard and be present for him. So I'm curious mm-hmm. to know you've had any experiences with that? 
I have not had my kids say I work too much. Um, and I think because they are older, they're now, they can ride their bike to the pool. They're, they're independent. So when we moved here, it was to me like perfect timing because I don't need a babysitter anymore. Um, and, um, but you know, I think, I think a, the guilt factor is huge for a lot of moms who work and, um, and I, you know, but, but I, I think, and I hope, and I should probably ask them, but I, you know, I get off at a really good time. I do work Saturdays, most Saturdays, but my husband is home and he does a ton of stuff with them. So no, I haven't had to deal with that with, I haven't had any feelings of guilt being away from them too, too much. Yeah. So. And hopefully it's a positive, Luckily. a positive experience because they can see this brand that you've built and how, you know, how you've been able to shift it to, to be a better mom, a more present mom and to yeah. do something you love. Because I think it's important for your children to see that you can work and make money, but also enjoy what you do. And that, and I think you and I touched on that. Not everybody has that. Um, not everybody gets to, to, to work at a job that they love. That's just a reality. I think that we've been told so many times, oh, do what you love and you never, well, there are realities. Some people don't get to do what they love and they have to just, they have to do it because they have to make a living and support a family. Um, so really maybe I'm not, maybe, maybe other entrepreneurs aren't making the kind of money they think they could, they could or should be making, but there are, that's the other side of the coin. You, you chose to do something you absolutely love and feel passionate about. Whereas many of us have had experiences working in jobs that we didn't feel passionate about, but it was a necessity. So, um, you know, I count it as a blessing a hundred percent. That's a great point. I think that entrepreneurship is over glamorized. I feel like today people think that being an entrepreneur is the only way to be successful or to be happy. And that isn't always true. And sometimes like this podcast, for example, you just have to create because you have a calling to create. It doesn't have to be something you monetize. It could be something you do just because you enjoy it. It doesn't have to be a business necessarily. Right. Right. And I, and you know, it can't, not everything can be about money and not everything, you know, again, it's just about balance and not everything's about working at a job that you may hundred percent love. Sometimes we just have to put one foot in front of the other. And yeah, not every day I walk into my studio. I'm like, yay, I can't wait to be here. But once I get started, I love it. I mean, I, there, I haven't had one doubt about what I've done. Yeah. And I think probably because you built the first business and tried so many things, it probably helped you figure out what your true calling is, your specialty is. And sometimes people are in that phase of doing all the things and nothing is sticking. And that is something Mm -hmm. you just have to go through. You know, you have to figure out what, what I'm good at, what I should be doing. So it's okay if you're in that feeling right now. And it's Um, okay to fail. It's okay to fail. Like I'm telling you, my biggest learning moments have been because I made a mistake. I made a wrong move and a wrong turn. And um, it helps you. I think it can help you refocus when you fail, for sure. I love that. And I love what you said earlier about change because the only thing that is 
inevitable is that things will change and we have to, especially now with everything that's going on in our world, we have mm -hmm. to be more open to change. So yep. yeah, I think yep. that you that's, have to. Yeah. I think that's so great to hear that like, it's okay to make these big shifts. It's okay to downsize. It's okay to simplify. It's okay to focus on what matters the most to you and yeah. that you can find that joy. And for everybody that's different for everybody that's different. That's just my experience. You know, this is my experience. So, yeah. well, Dax, I love, I love all of the information you shared. Do you have any you. favorite resources, things that have helped you along the way? And then also if you could share where people continue to follow you and the amazing work that you do. Um, yes. So my handle is, um, luxury brow KC and, um, my number one advice resource is to ask other women who are doing it that you admire. I don't have one person that I follow that I talk to that I think is the holy grail of information. I have a multitude of women that I look up to and can ask questions to, and that can give me advice and connect me with other people if I don't have the answer. So I love that. That's, that it's it's simple again it's simple to yeah. me it's simple yay so. well thank you so much for your thank time you. your wisdom being so open and sharing everything that you did so i appreciate it i appreciate you and your work is truly incredible and it shows that you love what you do and you are a specialist in that area so i'm so thankful that we've been able to connect I appreciate you asking me on the podcast and i will see you at your touch up <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Midwest Mompreneurs. I'm your host, Katherine Snellen, and I appreciate you so much. Let's keep the conversation going on social media. You can follow me on Instagram at the Katherine Elise.